Authors Lounge. My name is Renata Ray. I am the CEO of Dreamspire Books, and we are so excited to open up our new season with a prolific publisher who has done some amazing things, and we're going to get into that. But we are happy to open up our third season of the Authors Lounge. Definitely stay tuned. We have some of the best of the best that are coming to you and to share their author's journey or their publishing journey. So you want to make sure that you tune into each and every episode that we have coming up in our new season. And stay tuned so we can let you know where to tune in and find those episodes. Today, we have a very special guest, Elder Valisa Waring. I'm getting ready to bring her in. Hi. Hi. We are so happy to have you to open up our first episode of our third season. And I can't think of a better person to open it up with. Well, that's awesome. Congratulations on your new season. I pray that it will be the season that you desire and that you gain more audience to blow you up even more so. I speak blessings and peace upon you on this day. We're happy to hear have you. So in discussing before the show, I'm excited to talk to you because you have some magnificent things going on, some anthologies, you're working with a lot of different people and you're working in the inspirational space. So let's talk about you for a minute. How did you get into the publishing space? Well, um, it, it actually was 20 plus years ago. I went to my pastor and I told him, Daddy, I think I want to start my own publishing company. And he literally just simply said to me, daughter, you can do anything that you put your mind to. Well, I was in my late 20s, early 30s, just coming out of the military. So I didn't have the patience um, for it. So in 2020, a girlfriend of mine, well, little sister, she was a visionary for a book. And she called me, she said, big sis, I need you to be a part of this book. And I automatically said yes to her because I had turned so many people down. And it was as soon as I started to write a chapter for her, all of the juices that I had back 20 plus years ago, they reappeared. And I went ahead and got on the Secretary of State website and I legalized It Is Written Publishing LLC. And it has been amazing thus far. It's everything that I struggled with those 20 odd years ago that I just couldn't get together. I am now able to just flow in it and connect with the right coaches, mentors, and those that are in the industry. And I am loving every step of this journey. That's awesome. And it's it's funny that sometimes we might get a vision a long time ago and we need that little push. But you know what? I believe all things really happen as they should and in the timing that they should. So we might think they're delayed, but mm-hmm. it's for a reason. And mm-hmm. we see that everything came together. Yeah. And so 20 years later, you started. What was that like taking on that first client? And what was well, that you know, it's it's funny because before I even made an announcement about it, someone connected with me on Facebook and they said, Verlisa, are you a publisher? 
Now, I hadn't had this conversation, not even with my little sister who asked me to be a part of her anthology. I had not shared that. And so when Johnny reached out to me and he was like, are you a publisher? Because I, I have a book that it's just been sitting here and I won't trust it with nobody but you. And I started laughing and I said, OK, I have to go ahead and officially make um, the announcement that I am an actual publisher. And from Johnny, it went to others reaching out to me. And it's been nonstop since I am so grateful um, to be able to be a part of the journey of um, shattering the glass ceilings, allowing voices to be heard um, on this journey, because there's so many people, everyone has a story, but they're afraid to share the story because they're afraid of the, um, if they were the victim, they are still protecting that person that did damage to them. And the only way they can get out of that, mm, that glass box, because that's what it is. It's just a glass ceiling that's stopping them. Once they can shatter that, the world belongs to them. It's not going so far hitting that wall and trying to figure out why can't I move forward than where I am? Because they're still stuck in that trauma. So it's my job to assist them in coming out of that trauma and coming out victorious. That's awesome. So for a budgeting writer or somebody that has that story deep down inside, what would be two pieces of advice you would give them? Do not try to put it all in one book. This is what I tell my clients. You want your book, your story to be like one of those edge-seating seats. What do I mean? We all know the movie Taken. When that first movie came out, when it ended, we was like, I know they're not going to end this movie like that. So when we heard Taken 2 was coming out, we were ready to run to the theaters to go to see the second Taken. That's the same thing with your book. Your book, your story, you only give them so much. So you have to laser target in on that thing that you want to discuss and share in your book. Once you give it to them, stop. Leave them on edge wanting something else. If you try to put everything in one book, when it's time for you to do another book, you're trying to figure out what you're going to be talking about. So only share just a little in your first book. Second advice I would be, um, would give, a book does not have to be 300 plus pages. That is a field. That's a myth. You're not writing a novel. If you're in the nonfiction world, what you're doing, you're going to find that problem that you have overcome and you're going to place it in a book for your audience to read how they can come out of it. And I'm going to th throw in that third little bonus. We never write as a victim. You're you're not a mental health coach. You're not a medical doctor. You're not a psychiatrist. So do not write out of anger. Do not write out of the pain. Do not write as you're sitting in the problem right now. You write as the overcomer. You write as the victor 
looking back at the situation, saying, yes, this happened, da 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 Well, how do I know? Because I dealt with it, and this is how I came out of it. I'm going to have to say amen to that, because that was a whole sermon. <laughs> <laughs> I can definitely see the preacher in you. I don't even have to ask. <laughs> I was like, okay, amen. Yes, I, I love it, and I, I love it, you know, just to reiterate, you know, like they say, you don't have to tell it all. Yes, ma'am. And, and right from a place of, of healing, yeah. a place of victory. Yeah. And and that's amazing because I work with a lot of authors uh, in what, I, what we do over here at Dream Inspire Books. And I, I think they need to, their next books come to you and, and definitely get that. Um, get that experience. I can, uh, your clients are very blessed to have you. I can definitely see that uh, to help guide them through this because we all do have a story in us. And it's, it's very, uh, because we all have a story, everyone doesn't know how to tell it. And so we need publishers. Like people ask me all the time, they say, Oh, are you a publisher? I'm like, no, I'm not, because I know the dedication that it takes to be a publisher, to yeah. guide people and to get their stories out. So yeah. um, I I wouldn't even take that hat on, but I love working with publishers because I yes, love me. people that help guide them through, through that. Mm-hmm. And so you have some exciting projects. Uh, and one we were talking about, let me get this right. Dear Daughter, the world awaits your awakening. And if yes. I didn't get that right, uh, yes, that is correct. Okay, tell me about that project. I love the name. Well, how that project came up, um, I was just sitting thinking um, about in the Bible, it tells us in Titus that the elderly women, the elders, we're supposed to teach the young women. But a lot of times, I have to be very honest. Um, Elderly women can't teach the younger women because they're still stuck themselves. They're still stuck at that age that a traumatic um, action took place in their lives. So they may be in their 50s, they may be in their 60s, but that eight-year-old child is still stuck there. And that little girl is saying, hey, let me go. I need you to flourish. I need you to live your life. And so I got with some some other ladies, some of them were actual preachers. And I said, um, this is how this is how this book is going to go. I need your the older to talk back to your younger self. And if you have to forgive yourself, I want you to forgive yourself. But I need you to deal with your 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 situations. I need you to acknowledge what happened to you, recognize the weakness that was there. And then I need you to celebrate that young lady because as older women, as we talk back to ourselves, but we're really talking to the younger audience, that is a deliverance that happens for each one of us. And then we're able to move and operate freely. No longer will we get upset when we see that little girl, um, that reminds us of us, we won't get upset about it. We'll smile about it and say, baby girl, come here and let me talk to you for a moment. So that, dear daughter, um, the world awaits your awakening. The world today really is, they're awaiting for our voices. 
They're waiting for us to share our stories. They see us with our jewels on. They see us with our, our heels and they see us making motions, but they really need to understand who we are and how we came to be. And so that's what um, Dear Daughter does. I love that. I love that. That's that's so needed that we can do a whole interview just on that topic. <laughs> We can just pause here and talk about that. Uh, there are so many that need to be healed. And once you're able to heal, then you're able to pass that healing on to others. And, and that's it's absolutely needed. And I'm glad you gave a voice to these stories. Um, I, I love that. And so you uh, have a couple of other pro uh, projects coming up, but we're going to hold on that. I want you to... Uh, we talked about this before, but I want you to share, if you would, a passage of your choosing. Just introduce and let let our audience know. Okay. Um, well, I'm going to actually come out of a collaboration that I participated in called Finding Joy in the Journey. The um, visionary author for this collaboration, 90-day devotional is Vanessa Blackwell. And I had the awesome, the awesome privilege of working with her along with 89 other authors. And so I'm going to share from this book because I feel that it's befitting for the time that we're living in at this time and dreams coming to pass and people doubting themselves. And the title of this devotional that I myself penned is called Excited About My Future. Excited About My Future. And it reads, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future. And that is located in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. How many times have you heard and have even said, I'm excited about your future? How prolific, profound, and empowering it is to the person who hears this proclamation over their life. In this journey called life, we experience things that shape our very being. And most times the things we embrace seem to be the most challenging, disappointments, hurts, betrayal, pain, and discouragement, just to name a few. Yet we forget to celebrate our journey, the person we've grown to become. We forget to the wins over the failures, lessons learned as wisdom is gained. This journey comes with so many plights, so many that will cause major damage. But I'm reminded of Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. You, that thing a person intended to harm me, but God intended it for my good to accomplish what is now being done. So today, I challenge you to stand with God stand on the promises of God and be in agreement with God's plan for your life. Yes, it's time for you to accept and receive everything that God has for you in this journey. No longer are you to live depressed, 
oppressed or suppressed, waiting for you in this journey is God's unspeakable joy, his love, peace, provision, security, and ultimately victory. No matter what your journey looks like, now greatness awaits you. Now tell yourself and continue to remind yourself, I'm excited about my future. I love it. I love it for sure. Um, and very timely. It's definitely a, a fit word that is, is needed um, in the time that we live in, for sure, because uh, there's so many things going on. There's so many things going on that can keep you down and keep you depressed if you look around. But the promises of God are yea and amen always. Yeah. So um, we need a reminder of that. So, yeah. but I'm thinking 89 people, God yes, bless. I, yes, can't, I can't imagine. We do a thing on one of our magazines called Anthologies, and mm -hmm. I work with up to 30 people at one oh, time yeah. for an issue. And that was like wrangling cats. So I can't even imagine the patience. That was uh, a definitely. Uh, a mission from God <laughs> to get yes, 89 people under the yes. same, in the same book and get yes. it. So I'm glad that you're are one of those voices. Yes. So I can tell that you had some strong influences in your life. Where was, when was the time that you learned that you had a voice and, and that you had something to say? You know, I've always known that I've had a voice because I was raised by my big mama. Um, my mom left to go and better herself because I grew up in Bastrop, Louisiana. And the, the best job there was being a school teacher. And, you know, being in a small country town, if the big city teachers weren't making a lot of money, you could just imagine what the country um, teachers were making. So my mom, she moved to New Orleans so she could better herself and everything. So I was raised by my grandparents. And my big mother, she was the mother of the church, but she was a mother to every pastor that came to Lightwood Baptist Church. And so with her going around to all the different churches, having to speak, I then had to speak. Um, it wasn't until I went to the military, was in the Marine Corps, came home, felt the need that I needed to connect with the church because I moved here to Atlanta with my mom when she moved, relocated here and we went to a church. And then of course, you know, when you grow up, you fall off and I fell off and um, a girlfriend of mine had took me to this church um, one time and I really enjoyed it. And one Sunday morning I jumped up, got my kids and we drove literally drove two hours looking for this church and when I got there, um, I fell in love with the, the pastor. I fell in love with the, the family that is there. And he is still now, I call him my daddy, um, Bishop C.L. Carter Sr. And um, 
whenever he did anything, he had a large ministerial staff. So whenever they would go somewhere, I would be there. And they would always say, Felisa, you're preaching. I said, no, no, mm, not me. That's, that's, that's y'all stuff rubbing off on me because I'm always here with you all. Um, so, but I was always the one, if someone needed encouraging words, I was always that one that would be able to see where the issue lied with a person. And I would just say what was on my heart, not really understanding that was God giving me the gift of discerning and then prophetically giving me the words to speak life into someone. I did not understand that. And um, I remember I got in some trouble. And my first lady, she said, for Lisa, you better go ahead and you better answer your call. And you're running. That's why you're getting caught up in stuff. You're running and you need to stop running. And um, I finally answered my calling. And uh, to this day, I still, I speak life into situations. I don't see things that are dead and just leave it dead. If I know and I see that it needs to be spoken into life, I speak it into life. Um, things that I, I know need to be dead, even if I don't want it to die, I know I have to let it go. Um, is sharing my voice easy at times? No, it's not. It's not easy because everybody's, everybody's ear is not designed for your voice. And everybody is not ready for your story. Um, is it easy sharing my voice? No, it's not always easy to share my voice because I have found along this journey, when God has positioned you to be his mouthpiece, and with that, he is using you to, to share, he is getting ready to start pulling some stuff out of you. He's getting ready to start separating you from people. He's getting ready to start taking some things from you. So when you're actually living, you're striving to live the life that God has prepared for you and plant, designed before you were even in your mother's womb for you, it gets a little lonely. And you, you have that, you, you wrestle, you wrestle with that thing. You know, should I say that? Should I share this? Should I be doing this? Because you already know the impact that you're going to have on someone else's life. But you do know at the same time that you may be separated. Um, so I think every day now I am learning and growing, getting bolder. In my stance now, you know, I had an interview and <laughs> the gentleman said, well, where do you see yourself in five years? And I literally started laughing, Miss Ray. I told him, that's a question that you ask someone in their 30s and maybe their 40s. I'm all, I'm in my 50s. That's not a question to ask me. The question to ask me, what is it that you're trying to do with your time left here on earth? And what my time here left on earth, I want to be intentionally impactful to 
anybody that comes my way. So if that is someone that I see and they just need a hug, I want to impact them with that hug. If it's someone that I see and they just need to receive that smile, I want to do that. And when it comes to my publishing company, I don't just want to be Oh, yeah, Miss V, she's a publisher. I wanted to be Miss V is a publisher that is patient and she teaches us step by step what to do when we're afraid to say she helps us along the way. So, yeah, that that's how I would sum up when I knew I had a voice, but how I now know to share my voice regardless of the cons because within your mind it's going to always be a con telling you that you are you don't stand to the level of the other ones that are in the room and it's time for myself also as I tell all of my clients it's time to silence those sabotaging thoughts those sabotaging voices recognize them for the role they play because saboteurs do play a role and that role is to push you into your destiny. I love it again. I got uh, two sermons. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That is that's a fitly word, uh, and in more ways than you know. I definitely, I get it. Um, I wrote something yesterday on. It wasn't this morning. It's been a long day already. But I wrote, "Don't let people." try to make you a caterpillar once you become a butterfly and once you discover your voice you have to use it i actually am designing a t-shirt i'm not and it's i'm not a coach i'm just a girl with the word you told me something and we're wrapping up god the time just it just goes so quickly it it just really does you you sit down and then it's like we're ready to go but right before we wrap up and then we're going to let people uh, know where they can reach you and how to connect. But I got to hear about this 90 year old. Yes. His name is Dr. James Jefferson. He is um, out of St. Louis, Missouri. He is 90 years old and um, a pastor. I'm a part of kingdom connection fellowship international. And he said, elder Valisa, um, He's like my spiritual father. He's like a God daddy to me. And he has manuscripts on manuscripts. And is it okay if I have him contact you? And I told him yes. And um, Dr. Jefferson, he is phenomenal. Um, He's a perfectionist. Um, he He is a walking talking biblical applicable bible because he makes it make sense to the every everyday life of a person and i have the honor of publishing his soon to be new release called one night in bethlehem where he actually breaks down the story of the gift from God to mankind, which is Jesus. And it was my hope and desire to have his book out before Easter to build up to the resurrection. But again, he wants to read it over and over to make sure he hasn't missed anything because he wants everybody to really understand 
every aspect of the life of Jesus and how it actually plays a part in our lives. So I am excited to be a part of his journey because this is the actual first book that he has given birth to. And he's already said, I have several more that I need you to do. And if I'm dead and gone, my son, he has access to everything. So I am, I am just excited about his journey and his showing up for life in a different way. Man, I love it. That is so encouraging. So you, you guys here, you, you're 60, you're, you're young, you're 50, you're young. It's yes. never too late. Um, yes. And I always say that uh, dreams don't ever die. I mean, they don't expire. People leave here, but our dreams are with us. And as long yes. as we wake up and have breath, in sound mind, and we we have an opportunity. Well, I'm glad for the opportunity to talk with you. Uh, it's been a long time coming, but just like I said, everything always works the way that it should work. Yes, and so I feel blessed to have you here. Uh, definitely tell the people where they can reach out to you. We're gonna. Offer you all can reach me at www.verlisawaring.com, and that is V E R. L-I-S-A-W-E-A-R-I-N-G.com. I can also be connected with Facebook, Verlisa Waring, Instagram, Verlisa Waring, Twitter, I am Verlisa. I also have um, www.itiswrittenpublishing.net. So I could be contacted at, in any of those um, media arenas. I look forward to connecting with each one of you all. And I'm going to throw this in real quick. I'm celebrating one year as a legal entity within the state of Georgia. And we just announced our newest division within the publishing company called Out of the Mouth of Babes. And Out of the Mouth of Babes has been established and designed to introduce our youth to the literary world. Now, what does this mean to the parents. What it means to the parents, if you allow your child to work with Out of the Mouth of Babes, which is a part of the It Is Written Publishing Company, you pay nothing for their publishing because Out of the Mouth of Babes is my nonprofit as we teach and introduce our youth to the literary world. I love that. Uh, we definitely, uh, you have to come back when you, when you, yes, get your first book, when you get your first book out of the mouth with babes, your first yes. client, we definitely invite you back. Wow. What a way to kick off our third season of the author's lounge. Now you got some knowledge on publishing. You got a couple of preaching messages in there. So go ahead when you're watching this, if you need to say amen, say amen. Uh, uh, you're, I hope you've been encouraged. I hope you've been blessed. Uh, we are glad to have you uh, as a part of the author's lounge. Tune in because you just never know whose story we're going to tell. It might be yours.